And now, it's time for Steamy Potential. A podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Daniel. And welcome to Steamy Potential, where we discuss... What do we do here? Um, well, Daniel, we discuss great ideas for TV shows mm. that haven't been made and probably won't get made. Because while they might be great ideas, the TV shows are often terrible TV shows. Yeah, and that's nobody's fault. But just for one reason or another, we maybe have no concept of the budget that we would be given or the enormous cast that we might require or just like good taste. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that's a big part of it. It's kind of like when you're at like school. And the teacher says, all right, today's lesson is you're going to, like, design your own sneaker. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah we, had, we did that. It's cool. Yeah, and everyone's, like, drawing these, like... I wish I went to private school. Crazy me. sneakers. No, this was public school. Uh, oh, okay. Primary school. Um, okay, okay. And they, yeah, we... we <laughs> uh, private educated kids are not... <laughs> They, they collect. They invest. Not involved they in the project, production of material goods. <laughs> <laughs> Today, you have to design the business structure of a sneaker wholesaler. Today, <laughs> you have a thousand <laughs> Chinese workers <laughs> under your guise. Today, you have to pick your Chinese factory that <laughs> will design. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm. and like you know, a bunch of kids enthusiasm. Like yeah, you design some really cool sneakers, which are cool, mm. but. Are bad sneakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're kind of like the homomobile of uh, of sneakers. <laughs> exactly the homomobile. Like they tick all the. Is, is that what it was called? The homomobile. Can't be that, right? I'm not sure. That's a mouthful. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. The monstrosity of the car. The episode of The Simpsons yeah. that featured Danny DeVito. Really? Yeah. Was he the brother? He was the brother. Oh, great. Yeah. Damn it! Didn't pick that. Um. Yeah, exactly. But like, I don't know about you, but when I watch that episode, I'm thinking like, that's a great car. <laughs> like, that's ticking all the boxes for me. And I didn't get the concept that it would like the industry turn their back on it. Yeah. I don't know if you were meant to get that as a kid. N- no, no. All I saw was like, oh, Homer made an ugly car when like, yeah, when actually maybe he made the best car ever. <laughs> yeah. Like. I would I would drive that car. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's like a moon car. It's got everything I need. You know, yeah, maybe he talks about like the drink drink dispensers that, <laughs> that fit the jumbo size cups. Anyway, the yeah. point is, yeah. what was the point? Homer designs yeah. a great car, and mm-hmm. in primary school, I designed a great sneaker. But they would yeah. would make ter- that Homer made ultimately what would turn out to be a terrible car, and my sneakers are mm. unmakeable. Much yeah. like these TV shows, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess to extend that, I mean, due to nothing but the conventions of the industry. Like you have to, uh, you know, like your car has to be sleek. I guess everyone just decided that one day. Cars have to be, you know, aerodynamic, no matter how attractive Homer's car is. And I guess the same goes for our shows. You know, you have to uh, have a a tight drive and you can't burn down the the sort of set at the end of each episode. Like, there's just conventions that were kind of breaking all over the shop that we don't even realize were breaking. Oh, exactly. Like, you can't murder children every episode on camera. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's part, yeah, that's part of it. Some say gritty. I mean, there are laws. There are, like, human laws, I guess. Others say that, disturbing. No, not real child. Yeah. I mean. Oh, it's part of the show. It's part of the show. I thought that was. I thought that much was obvious. Okay, Do I was racking my brain for which show you'd uh, pitch these, that required these, real these snuff ideas aren't footage. Reality <laughs> Not all of them, anyway. Okay. No. Although your your suggestion of of burning down a casino at the end of each episode, mm-hmm. yeah, problematic, fun, wasteful, but very mm-hmm. wasteful. Yeah. Um, I okay. So I haven't like thought about this this question in great detail. So I want to just kind of get your your quick off the top of your cuff um, vibe on it. So I was reading this this article in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago about how TV shows are trending towards being more earnest. So they made the comparison of, um, you know, the early noughties or late 90s, like you've got, say, Arrested Development, where you've got a bunch of, 
idiots and clearly the show is like these people are idiots and they don't know it the show is like the the watcher and the the maker of the show knows that they're idiots but the people in the show are completely uh, unawares so you have like this kind of irony like dramatic irony in a sense or comedic irony whereas the article was saying and i've started to notice it now it's pointed it out that modern shows shows of the last couple of years and they gave the example of ted lasso or ted lasso um uh everyone's everyone in the show is aware of the show they also gave the the example of uh schitt's creek where like supposedly schitt's creek started off as a kind of arrested development um imitation and then kind of found its own groove where suddenly all the characters know that they're a bit they're entitled and they're stupid and it kind of loses that layer of of the audience knowing something that the the characters don't know and i've started noticing like a lot of shows have lost that layer like i was watching a new show white lotus just finished it binge binged it very very good but in the show everyone like knows that everyone else is entitled there are all these rich people in hawaii on vacation and someone's someone's going to be killed i don't know what's going to happen but they're all arguing about how entitled they are whereas i feel like if you made that show 10 years ago they'd be totally um you know un- unaware of of that layer do you know what i mean yeah i do i do know what you mean and and in kind of that like yeah these moments that characters have and i think Shit's creek's a good example of like yeah well you know what my wife might be this and my son might be this but we're still family like you know like having those yeah. kinds of speeches yeah exactly <laughs> which never happen in arrested development and the office and so on right they, they just go on like we all get it we all get that they're meant to be entitled yeah and like and, and maybe it's more sophisticated or maybe not i don't know i mean and often you have if there is that awareness the awareness is provided through a character like one character sometimes like mm. i'd say if with the right, rest of development michael, or whatever. michael almost <laughs> sees through yeah. except that michael is also like that mm. in a lesser degree and often like you know screws things up without yeah you know like i mean the whole maritime lawyer of the sea thing like right you know he himself is still only partly aware of what's going yeah, on yeah yeah so there is you know they okay I, and, and do you think are you saying it's a bad thing like i'm i don't know i'm trying to wrap my head around i mean it's clearly a trend and maybe it's um maybe it's just natural that like arts media go in these cycles of um like kind of being cynical or wholesome and and i i haven't seen ted lasso i should have but that's that was the prime example this article gave which is okay this is a very saccharine show like it's really sugary it just makes you feel sweet and wholesome and it's good like the the joke is not on anyone the joke is like we're all in this together like try and get the audience on board um everyone in this show is is really nice and and there's that's kind of a trend right there is a trend towards comedy and drama that is like that the joke is on no one everyone's laughing everyone's on the same team whereas i feel like the 90s and noughties they were like clearly meant to be people that were the butt of a joke yeah and that's what i want yeah i want the butt i want i want to see some butts getting stamped out (laughs) yeah i mean and preferably like punching up of course but and maybe that's the thing is like all these shows are too afraid they're not sure of where to punch, so they just don't punch. They're like, oh, we should punch up towards this particular demographic. But then, God forbid, like a month or two later, some terrible thing will happen to that demographic. And it's like, oh, we shouldn't have punched in that direction. <laughs> There's nowhere left to punch. You know, you know, I mean, I take I take the example of um, uh, Parks and Recreation. Mm. So, you know, I watched uh, all of Parks and Rec. Um, yep. and, 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 you know, yeah, like, I'd, I'd say, like, towards the end, I, you know, I started to lose interest a bit, um, mm. you know, and that's through no fault of the... I mean, they just, you know, eventually you'd, things run their course and TV shows kind of run out of ideas and so yeah, many, yeah. Jumping the so much development sure. these characters. And they did. They did, like, they did actually develop characters and things, which was which is nice. But then afterwards, mm. I, like, I finished the season and I went back to, like, season... I just watched the pilot again just to, like, mm. kind of remind myself where it began. And th- that's a show that began... Like just a funny show, just comedy mm. for the comedy, and it ended sure. as as you say, like in this kind of weird earnest place. Like Leslie Nope, the the protagonist, Amy Pollard, mm. like she's like 
like she loves government but she is like like a moron basically like she's so over the top yeah. and, and and it's yeah. she's hilarious Duty to watch bound. but then by yeah. the end of it it's like she's a genius and like mm. <laughs> everything she does is brilliant and it's like you you know like this this where we began is so different to like where we finished yeah. and that is that's a that's a nice example where it started in the middle of the irony era and I guess has ended post-irony, where, like, if, if someone's the hero, then they're not allowed to be a a um, a dope, right? Like, she starts as the joke is on her, right? We're meant to laugh at her yeah. just as often as she is the hero. We're, we're allowed to have more complexity, right? She is the hero, but she's also way too patriotic and over the top, and the joke is on her half the time. But I guess by the end, and I haven't watched right to the end, but definitely, like, mid-show, it's trending towards, like, she's you're not meant to really laugh at her. Like she's the one who's kind of looking at the camera and winking and like we're on her team and it's, you know, like she's the hero yeah, all exactly, against disease yeah. and whatnot. She's holding everyone together. And whereas yeah. like in the opening, they're all like, Oh my God, <laughs> like <Yeah>. we work in <laughs> like the joke is that they work in like, you know, parks and recreation. Like it's meant to be <laughs> just a kind of a nothing branch. I don't know. Anyway. I say, yeah. 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 No, that's a good example. For better or for yeah. worse. I found the first season better. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I agree. And and maybe then the point is just as we craft these artisanal television programs, um, I guess we're trying to keep in mind the trends and what's going to get picked up. And if we bring in something where it just punches in all directions, maybe it's less likely to get picked up. But I don't think that should stop us. I think we should ABP, always be punching and... I think comedy for its own sake is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Speaking of, shall we kick into our first mm. TV show idea for episode 10? Episode 309? Yes, Daddy. <laughs> for those following canon. For those watching as we upload these episodes into our Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Mr. Daniel, please. I'll take it. This one is a food travel show called um, Bangers and Mash. Great. Okay. An upper-class British woman and a trailer-trash American man travel the world and bond over their commonality, complete cultural superiority. (laughs) Neither of them have ever so much as Googled Indonesia. So a typical episode goes as follows. Brit and American land in the airport. They're rushed to their hotel where they unpack. This is a long process where they also share their expectations of the country. After a few days solely in the hotel, they venture out for a dinner where they demand the best table, take one look at the menu, and each say their signature catchphrases. Y'all got a goddamn burger? And then, and I'd kill for an Earl Grey. They say that all the time. (laughs) They pressure the staff into a burger and a cup of tea, and then they give up and go back to the hotel for a burger and a cup of tea. The next day, in each episode, they split off to explore the cuisine of the country. So it's a food travel show. Uh, trailer trash guy spends the day mushing every ingredient and meal he finds into a form of hamburger, constantly proclaiming, Now you got a goddamn burger! <laughs> Meanwhile, aristocratic snob spends the day turning every drink of the culture into a form of black tea with a splash of milk, declaring she wouldn't serve it to the queen, but it'll do in a pinch. <laughs> That's her classic catchphrase. <laughs> so many catchphrases. <laughs> So there's a lot of catch. It's very catchphrase heavy. <laughs> they spend the end of each episode debriefing uh, about how much they miss Knightsbridge in Pensacola, <laughs> Florida. They both agree that this shithole would be greatly improved by both a British hierarchy to look up to and a comprehensive application of the American Constitution. <laughs> they then viciously f- <laughs> they then viciously fuck, and the episode ends. <laughs> Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's a reality TV show or we just cast it. Um, I guess, I mean, if they're going to have that. sex with each other after <laughs> after pulling apart a country's culture and mm-hmm. have sex, sweaty sex after a full day of eating burgers and consuming tea, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, are they already in a relationship? Uh, do we need to find it's not clear. two like <laughs> personalities? Yeah, okay. 
that are already in a relationship. Yeah, I guess we... Yeah, that's true. You want to, like, go out and find this kind of ready-made couple <laughs> who are mismatched. Um, I mean, ideally, I guess you could find... So, yeah, okay. So, I'm not sure. Let's let's say it's reality TV. Let's say th- these are actual people. Um, we want to find genuine, you know, someone as part of the, the British aristocracy, one of the, like, I don't know, Charles's cousins or something. And, you know, on the other side, a kind of Guy Fieri style, you know, um, American travel food writer or producer um, and just kind of mash them together. Just because, like, I mean, if you're looking for someone to go to and like, yep, to go to like an Asian country and complain Mm -hmm. about the cuisine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna find those. You're gonna find that pretty easily. <laughs> it's not gonna be hard. It's not gonna be hard. You know, I mean, the, I, I, the amount of holidays I've been on in like tour groups, and some British or American person has said to me, <laughs> yeah. "I want to have at least one or no, sorry, I want to have at least two normal meals a day." <laughs> <laughs> normal, normal meals. meals. Hey, does this country have normal meals? Hey, <laughs> or like you know. The amount of times they've suggested going to the Irish themed pub. <laughs> right. In the that's that's I wanna see that show. I wanna see seven seasons, twenty four episodes of just people finding the grungiest Irish pubs in each backwater. Like I mean and then, you know, if they have to have one meal that is the like national cu- or like the cuisine of that country, like that's also entertaining mm-hmm. to watch. <laughs> To see them yeah. like um and ah over what would be the, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, what's going to be the least like hard thing for me yeah, to eat. Yeah, they're just like haggling all the ingredients <laughs> out of it. Like, uh, so like this trotter, could I leave that out of the fur or whatever? Okay, good. Now it's just water. It's just hot hand <laughs> water. I can drink that. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. It's a just chicken two-minute noodles, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm, I mean, I love travel, like, food shows and, like, seeing people, like, really embrace it. But I also, I really want to see an old British woman go to a bunch of Asian countries and be like, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> and not as a joke, <laughs> but just, like, really hating every moment of it. Like, I, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I think I love the idea of it being British... Uh, aristocracy and also mm-hmm. finding American trailer trash and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and them having these catchphrases. I, but I think, you know, make it reality TV, Dan. You know, do away with yeah. trying to find a cousin of, 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 of the royal family. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think find two people that mm-hmm. are, that, yeah, maybe they got great sexual chemistry. You know, you find that great because mm-hmm. it'd be great for them okay. to chat about <laughs> about <laughs> how the American Constitution and how a monarch would make this country better, and then having sex mm-hmm. in some <laughs> five star hotel in a fucking yeah. And you can pan away; you don't have to show the whole thing. Oh no, no, you just have to start show the start and the finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. but I think let them. They'll write. They'll come up with better gems than mm. than anything that anyone could ever write. Agreed. Uh, I totally agree. Because this is great. Uh, A travel food travel show where the two people are like not adventurous, but think they are. <laughs> yeah, they like the American guys like had Mexican food. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it was very spicy, and he didn't like it, but that's fine. And she has had, I don't know, Irish breakfast tea. And that was like going out on a limb. And she had to like wind it back over the next few months. Yeah, precisely. You know, yeah. the kind of people that go out to dinner and... I mean, I, yeah. oh, I'll just get a chip butty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm in Thailand. <laughs> the home of curry. Ooh, chip butty. Okay, so I'll get a piece of bread with chips inside of it. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went traveling in Vietnam with... Um, uh, like a tour group and mm. even like no one would try anything. And so like Vietnam has a big f- uh, French like influence, right? Because right? they occupied mm. it. And so like you can get like... So that gets all over the place. They have like a bar me, which is essentially, you know, like a, a, a roll, a baguette, mm-hmm. <laughs> a crusty mm-hmm. roll filled with like pulled pulled meat and some yeah. some good... Like mayonnaise, you know, like it's, it's, and yeah. not like it was really hard to get anyone to even try that. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, people wouldn't try, try this. This is like pretty much, this is pretty much Subway. This is, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is basically also even French. I mean, like, maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, people come in with so many like preconceptions, right? That like it's going to make them sick, I guess. Yeah, that was a but big one. Jesus. And I mean, everyone did get gastro a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Admittedly, because they wanted it. <laughs> they wanted to prove a point. <laughs> it was their fault. Uh, <laughs> and that could be a big part of this food travel show. <laughs> it's like there's probably like seven minutes of toilet time. Of gastro tally. And again, you don't have to see the whole thing. You just have to see the start and the end. I mean, I got gastro twice in like three weeks. And maybe Did you really? Separate pieces of gastro? Separate incidents. Shit. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Yeah, that's fine. But that's like the pri- I mean, it's it's only because we're weak, right? I mean, weak. Well, that's why, yeah. I maintain Western bellies. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, I'm so disappointed. Because like, yeah. and often like we'd all be doing the same things, and I'd get sick. So hmm. yeah. So you're like you're the. I just don't have something there. in my belly that can kill whatever needed to die. <laughs> no, and that's fine. That's fine. God did not want you to to live in Vietnam, I guess, and that's <laughs> clearly that's fine. Anyway. Be embarrassed about that. So yeah, I yeah. would, I would, I would, I would tune in to watch that. I think it, you know, it's got, it's got, um, it's got the vibes of like uh, 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 an idiot abroad. Oh yeah, the Carl Pilkington, uh, Pil- Pickering, Pilkington. Pilkington. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the um, Rick, Ricky Gervais's friend. Ricky Gervais's is mate, one? who is who, yeah, 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 who is a moron supposedly, and they mm-hmm. send him to. And, and and that's not really so much about like it is a travel show. It's yeah, I guess. Mm. And they they set him up with I guess some pretty like yeah challenging stuff. And he's like the guinea pig, right? Potentially challenging, I mean, kind of but also yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know how much of that show is um, true. Mm. I think he's, I think in in real life, I think he's actually probably a, a, a quite an intelligent comedian. Yeah, because I've seen so. him. I've <laughs> seen him in interviews, and he said, and he said some like things that are just funny. And mm. seem too purposefully, like laid out to be just the thoughts of a moron. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they've like cast, they've kind of painted him in a certain way, and that goes. I mean, that goes for Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. I want to say Stephen yes. Merchant. Like the three of them, kind of have adopted a, a persona, right? But I think they're all just three fairly pleasant, intelligent guys. Yeah, absolutely. But that just doesn't make for very good comedy, I guess. Um, but. On the other hand, this actually should be two very um, uh, kind of brain dead, but a, a sort of aggressively confident people. Absolutely, I, and I would watch this. This is a great reality television, Perfect. great travel show, and potentially useful as well for other people who like to go traveling that are like them, but also like to eat quote two normal meals a day. Yeah, like I would want my grand to watch this and be inspired that she too could travel through, uh, you know, Kazakhstan or something because she's seen all the places in Kazakhstan where you can get, you know, an English breakfast tea. Yep. And a Guinness, (laughs) my two, my grand's favorite two breakfast things. Uh, And she has then like, it's kind of mapped out um, the safe, the safe spaces around the world. Do, Do you have a name for this? Well, I'm calling it bangers and mash, but I, I really want to take an expression. Yeah, I don't know. I also have Lord Sandwich there. <laughs> the Lord Sandwich is what? Lord Sandwich is not too bad. Sandwich Islands. Um, we'll post. Yeah, I don't know. We'll f- we'll fix the title in post. Yeah, great. Um, it's in development. No, I think this is a fabulous uh, reality television series travel show. Um, great. If we weren't in the middle of a pandemic right now, I'd say mm-hmm. great. Borders open. They're maybe, pretty easy to make. Yeah. Maybe that's... I know in Australia, we're all locked down, so maybe um, you have better luck. In America, can, you can just go anywhere? I think you can just go anywhere. And Europe, can you just At go anywhere? At least we haven't been told anything to the contrary. What about Asia? Can uh, you well, just, I personally can't. Um, yeah, I think you can. I mean, except for like the bubble countries, maybe like a Singapore and whatnot, pretty, pretty locked down. But I think like Southeast Asia, you can just breeze on in. Right. I mean, they need their... Tourist industry, right? Yeah, massively so. Um, yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, I think it's great. I think, like, if you get the right people, if, you, if, you're, yeah. 
if your caster does the the perfect job and finds the correct oblivious mm. duo, maybe. And that's not that's actually going to be a hard. That I mean, that will be a challenge to find like that sweet spot. And it might be we kind of do like an amazing race thing where you send out like ten couples, film all their stuff, and then we come back to the cutting room and we're like, most of this is junk. Yeah. I mean, these people are too dislikable or too likable, and then it just doesn't work. Whereas like then you find that sweet one, and then you say okay you've passed the test now keep going yeah great and ditch the rest yeah fabulous. <laughs> revoke all the visas of the rest and leave them straight <laughs> send them their um, yeah their continental mm. breakfast and send them, send them home send them packing yeah great um i'm gonna right. give this bad boy infinite seasons forever well wow. um I, yeah it'll or yeah as long as you can keep finding new idiots yeah okay you'd have to up I mean, you do have to probably keep updating the hosts, right? Because at some point they're going to, like, grow. At some point they're going to, like, get that other cultures, you know, they'll kind of have a theory of mind about other cultures and they'll be like, oh, actually, this food, I get why they eat crickets now because they don't have cattle here or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is actually pretty... And then you have to... Then you then you cut. Yeah. <laughs> the moment they become awake, <laughs> you got to cut them. Then you get them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, get them. <laughs> Shut it down. As soon as they start trying yeah, to, like, put them learn down. A, like, a few words from the... <laughs> Yeah, they're becoming aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. You got to pull them out. Mm. Okay, yeah, I guess infinite. That's. I mean, it could be like, yeah, it's going to be one of those mid middle of the day. Um, Huey's Huey's big break or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> that, those kind of like cooking shows. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> what am I saying so. here? Uh, Rex hunts big, big adventure or something. <laughs> big break. <laughs> Rex hunts uh, big day out. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Do we take a break? Yeah, let's take a little break and we'll be back with episode's uh, TV show idea number two. Do you want a Moroccan thrower shipped from North Dakota
and welcome back to Steamy Potential. Baby, come back. Oh, my darling. Because of fucking Bernie Team. No, And I just can't live without you. So uh, we're pushing into a second show. Yes. Which is brought to you by Nick Cowboy. Hello, that's me. This TV show is called The Mourner. Mm. Fiona is a full-time professional mourner. She's hired by mm. grieving families to deliver eulogies and entertain the mourning family. She delivers her eulogies with class and tact, often spending several days with families helping them grieve. She herself is completely emotionally numb. Fergus is a man from a small town with a large heart, in so much that his heart is enlarged. It's a real problem. His entire small town is killed by a tornado. His family, neighbours, friends, all dead. And Fergus wants to hold separate funerals for each person killed in the town. He hires Fiona to grieve for him whilst he cannot, because if he gets too sad, his enlarged heart will pop like a sealed bottle <laughs> in a microwave. <laughs> As Fiona delves deep into each person she is grieving for its personal life, she begins to feel real feelings in this touching drama. <laughs> the Moina. Uh, the Moina. <laughs> <laughs> the Moina. The Moin. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so it's um, man suffers worst tragedy ever. Mm-hmm. But he cannot mourn. No. Otherwise, he will die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing he must do, he cannot do. And so he hires uh, Fiona, which um, Fiona, uh, this job of a mourner, it is, mm. it is a. This sounds real. It is a real job um, that that exists where yeah, you hire. Who would hire these people? Who hires mourners? Yeah, like what's the kind of what's the class? Is it? Like a big celebrity funeral, or is it someone who is rich? Well, sorry, so sorry. okay, professional mourning. Uh, yeah. It's like okay, it's not. I don't think it's so much a thing at the anymore. But it was kind mm. of like uh, Egyptian, uh, Chinese exists in the in the in the Bible. I think it's um, uh, Chinese culture is maybe mm. uses the mourners still. Um, but yeah, you mourners are trained in the art of singing. And you know, uh, here's here's a so uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so here's a, a brief synopsis from um, uh, from a, a special uh, scholarly website that I use. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a first person source uh, yeah. called Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, professional mourning or paid mourning is an occupation that originates from Egyptian, Chinese, Mediterranean, and Near Eastern cultures. Also called morologists. Uh, are compensated cool. to lament or deliver a eulogy and help comfort and entertain a grieving family. They're mentioned in the Bible Entertained. and other religious texts. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, yeah, uh, it's held in high esteem in some cultures. Hmm. Um, female professional mormons called Rudai were commonly in many parts of India. Hmm. Uh, yes. Men were deemed unfit this sounds for like this the, the because real deal. they were supposed to be too, supposed to be too strong. And leaders of the family, unwilling to show any raw emotion like grief, which is why women were professional mm. mourners. Socially acceptable mm. for women to grieve and expressing yeah, grief is it. important when it comes to mourning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is kind of, yeah, this, I guess, outdated job now. As a basis, in fact. Yeah. But, yeah. That's cool. So these, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm hooking into the word entertain <laughs> because that does kind of capture a funeral character that you could involve in this show, right? Where I guess Fiona is a very good, I presume is a, is a, is a real pro top. Um, She's one of the top mourners. Um, You know, they, you bring her in for like really tough cases for example, an entire city that has been decimated by a tornado only like the best, right? Only, but then you've got her, like maybe her arch nemesis who takes, takes everything way too lightly and tries to make every funeral a joke because they think, I guess, funerals should be a happy time. And so, like, they really go for basically a stand-up routine. And she's very much against that. Fiona? 
Yeah. Up. I think, yeah. I'm kind of imagining Jerry Seinfeld's arch nemesis. <laughs> Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, just yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah great. Just uh, always does that Ovaltine routine or whatever. Yeah. I'm kind of imagining her arch nemesis is just like, so, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> you know. How about dying, huh? <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to her. So she, um, she starts to feel. She's on a journey, right? She's on a journey. The show is about her or Ferg. Yeah, it's about. It's I guess in 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 some ways it's yeah it's uh it's about developing and changing. It's a drama. Um, is it funny? Yes. Will you cry? Absolutely. Especially at the mm-hmm. end of season five when old mate oh. Ferg's heart pops. <laughs> she has to deliver the first funeral to someone that she knows. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we get to... That should happen. We get to, I that's how it should I think end. it could happen earlier. Maybe this will happen. So Fiona is, obviously, she's head on. She's quite, like, emotionless. She's quite, like, serious person, and, you know. Mm. And Fergus sometimes confuses her job for who she is. You know, when she's off the clock, you know, she's fucking cold as ice. But oh, okay. when she's mourning... Yeah, when she's delivering, she really delivers, and I think you know you got to be that kind of person to to block out that if you know if you're going to be a professional mourner, otherwise you'll be overcome with so much grief. Anyways, she gets yeah. through these funerals, you know, slowly, and then you know she starts to feel for Fergus, and they mm. they fall in love, and they're oh, halfway through making love when his enlarged mm-hmm. heart pops. Mm-hmm. And he dies because he's felt mm-hmm. feelings too hard. Mid coitus, yes. And now she, she must go to a funeral and hire her own griever. Oh shit! Who grieves the griever? Mm. These are the questions. Her arch nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the only other mourner. Who the, and they have to make they have to make up somehow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a. It's a. I guess she's she's a kind of Mary Poppins character in that sense. Maybe like maybe that maybe Ferg is season one, and she it's kind of a, a Casino Royale thing where she she promises never to like give her heart away again because you know in the words of James Bond, the bitch is dead, job's done, bitch is dead, um, which is not a very nice way to talk about the love of his life, but it's not up to me. He said it; it's in the script, um, and maybe she kind of says words to that effect, like. You know, she's he's, her heart has been broken, and as has his, and she ends it with like season one ends with her um, putting up her umbrella and flying off to the next town <laughs> that has had a tornado hit it, <laughs> promising never to give her heart away again, <laughs> and yet predictably she does easily and quickly to a man with cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a man with nine days left to live. <laughs> And she knows it. <laughs> Why does she keep falling for these weak, <laughs> these genetic cul-de-sacs? <laughs> she finds she quickly finds a man with MS. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah okay. That's gonna maybe like kind of cut through the dramedy, which is a shame because I think there's a lot to learn here about death. Do you have any kind of lessons she can give us about what it means to grieve? I think there's a lot of nice. Point, uh, sort of education you could do about it. About the All importance the of grieving. And also, mm. I guess, yeah, maybe she can, like, yeah, have different different grieving techniques for each person. Finding yeah, the, cool. the best way. Yeah, maybe maybe it's, it might be a masterclass for people. And also, I think, mm. you know, you'll see, you'll see so many funerals um, <laughs> in this TV show. Yeah. I think... What's uh, the collective noun for a... It can really... Uh, <laughs> It can really give people like some real good uh, tips and creative mm. ideas for throwing a really yep. interesting and creative funeral. A real banger, you know. That's fun because I guess you're gonna have one per episode, basically, right? Is that kind of the the engine? Yeah, yeah. It's just every episode like is a different person in this town, mm. Um, mm. and yeah, begins with her working it out and ends with her delivering the funeral. Will it get repetitive? Absolutely. But I think... 100%. We, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with no other characters in the show. <laughs> because they Just, are, by design, all dead. We will, I mean, we'll get some flashback action. You know, a little lost action. Oh, yeah. mm. um, to the town before it was Before decimated. it was destroyed. You know, and if we do That's our job cool. right, you, the watcher, will also mm. kind of be like, oh, it's so sad that everyone died in this town. Mm. Uh, and, you know, really fall in love with Fergus before his giant heart. 
explodes in his chest. Mm. His huge and weak balloon part. Making a sound kind of yeah. like this. <laughs> I can really pinpoint the moment that his heart explodes. <laughs> See? Yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah, the flashbacks, that's nice. Because, like, this town... I guess so, in, in a way, like, a lot of the show will be will be flashbacks to this town and how lovely Ferg is and so on, right? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. And you'll see how much, how, like, yeah, <laughs> how such a good community this town was. Mm. You know, and, like, I mean, I don't know if, if that's enough for a TV show, just kind of <laughs> bunch of funerals. Maybe it is. Um, I mean, my instinct, as always, is to... Okay, then build in a Mystery. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. like, well, you get back, oh, okay, flashbacks, and then by the end of the first season, you realize, wait, someone planned that tornado, and she's figured it out. Yeah, exactly. And then just yeah. as she's like, she falls in love with Fergus, and his heart pops and he dies. And then yeah. it's really important that I, I say that as many times during this podcast as possible. That it um, pops. But after yeah. the popping, uh, mm. maybe... Post-pop. Just post-pop. You know, maybe she can realize that he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, that Fergus yeah. killed everyone in the town. Okay, so that's intriguing. But this is, then it's a different show, but still a very good show. Then, I mean, then it's a, a genre bender. And then, like, maybe the second season is kind of like, I want to say, Broadchurch? Maybe this is kind of a Broadchurch, where then the second season kind of unpeels the events of the first season. You know, you go back and, like, she investigates and maybe not everyone is as dead as we thought. Ooh. And she has to ungrieve. She has to redo the funerals to figure out. It's a bad habit because I don't want all these shows to become, <laughs> like, crime, yeah, kind of M. Night Shyamalan-style shows. But they begging for it. They're begging for it, especially this one. Yeah. Yeah, look at what they're wearing. They're just begging they're for just it. Just begging for it to be a mystery. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. So that's cool. They're all a mystery solving funeral griever. Funeral griever. It's kind of got a bit of a Dexter vibe in that sense. Almost this an is cool. Anti Dexter, though, because. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Fiona, full time professional mourner. Professional mourner is a powerful concept. It's, that's going to look good on a poster. It's going to look great. The mourner. Maybe it should be called professional mourner. Maybe we should call this podcast professional <laughs> professional <Mourner>. friends. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Oh yeah. Interesting. No, yeah. Mm. Mm. Come back to that. Circle back. Professional that. mourner. No, I th- I think the mourner is that's a nice modern title. The mourner. That's going to look good, all lowercase, on a business card. Mm. Producer the mourner. I mean, it's funny when when you say it because I originally. Before I kind of moved to her murdering all, oh, sorry, fuck, to her, okay. um, like, you know, this town that Good everyone's to died and she comes in and, and starts to feel. I actually run with yeah. her accidentally killing someone one day mm-hmm. and then being hired to, like, buy that family to grieve right. for them. And now she's, and she, like, really likes the family. She, like, kind of falls in love with this family. and But she's harboring this, like, secret that she killed <laughs> someone and she's grieving for. Them. And then, then I was like, oh, no, nah, this is maybe heading towards, like, conspiracy <laughs> theory territory. Yeah. And maybe yeah, just yeah, try yeah. and branch out. But we, got, we found it anyway. Change it up <laughs> We a bit, found it eventually. We've gone full circle. <laughs> <laughs> you can take. But that, okay, but that case where, like, she gets hired into a family that's very Mary Poppins. Uh, and maybe it's just, uh, maybe my head's already there, but that kind of, because isn't Mary Poppins that she gets brought in because the mum, does the mum die in that? Well, obviously we don't see it on screen, but is the premise that like the dad's just overwhelmed by these kids? Yeah. There's no mum in it, right? She's like the proxy for mum. Yeah. Or you just don't see her much. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> She's just at work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird plot twist that the mum was around. She's just at work at the DVD shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, this would be basically the equivalent would be, I guess, Mary Poppins get hired to do her magic nanny stuff. Except then it turns out she'd killed the mum <laughs> to get hired in the first place. <laughs> then we're back to Parasite. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. And she keeps, for some reason, the body of the mum in her big truck. 
<laughs> she like reaches in and it's a big hat stand. She reaches in and an arm starts to come out. She's like, whoop, whoop, and uh, here's an umbrella. <laughs> she poke that back in. <laughs> she like pokes it with her umbrella, trying to cram it all the way back in. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> That's a fun show. That's, I mean... That's not going to fly, but something like that. Mm. A less magical version of that. Mm. Murder Poppins. Murder Poppins. Maybe next week. That could be a good... Uh, yeah. It's not bad because I guess Ferg is... He's the popper. He's popping. And she's Mary. Mary. Mary? Mary. Mary Poppins. Wait. Right. Mary, Mary. Pippin? Mary Pippins? Oh, I feel, a, I feel a new mashup coming. <laughs> Mary Poppins versus Mary and Oh, I feel a mashup coming. Um, all right, let's uh, let's rate this bad boy. Uh, I was just say my actors. I had, I had Aquafina oh, yeah. as Fiona. Now, Aquafina is is a musical artist, right? Who am I thinking of? Is it Aqu- Aqu- oh, Aqu- oh. Aquafina? Oh no, Aquafina. She yeah, is yeah. she is like a uh, kind of a comedy rap. Like she she did a um she did like a a song called My Vag was kind of her um mm. kind of a like breakthrough moment. But you know she okay, has, but yeah, I see. Now she's in plenty of other stuff. Yeah, now she's like as an actress done a whole bunch of stuff. And I think like yeah, she's kind of got this slightly often like emotionless <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, vibe about her often, mm-hmm. uh, which I think. <laughs> You know, the, you know, almost like kind of like a like an an Aubrey Plaza, yeah, vibe. Um, less so aggressive that kind of, you know, <laughs> that Aubrey kind of has, and more just like a little. She's bit. got a sort of violence to her. Yeah, yeah. she does. Um, but yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mm, I think. And for the for Fergus, what do you got? Um, I wrote Aziz Ansari. I know we've already used him before mm-hmm. in. In previous um, uh, TV shows, just because I was just trying yeah. to think of someone who's kind of like, kind of like, like a little puppy, like you know, like small and happy, mm. and someone that wants to, someone that should be emotional. Yeah, is, is that his his thing? He wants to be emotional, but he know he can't let himself be emotional. Yeah, I think he wants to grieve, but he can't because otherwise, you know, right? Because the doctor told his him his big fat heart will explode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aziz. That's pretty good. Fuck, now I'm just thinking of Parks and Rec actors, but I need to, like, separate from that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. 100%. All right. All right. Can, well, can we just take a, a short thinking break while I think of other actors? Sometimes it's hard to think of actors. Yeah. And you'd think it would get easier, but it, it does not. It, no. No. It doesn't. It's hard to think of actors that aren't The Rock or Aziz Ansari for some reason. Yeah. I'm always thinking of The Rock. Yeah, me too. All right, mm. I think we've we've cooked this the morning. So let's um mm-hmm. let's take a short break and then we'll be back with our final TV show idea. Hey there listener, do you have a cool business idea and you're looking to try and get it in front of customers? Well, why not try and sponsor it on this podcast? Uh, we've got no sponsors, which isn't a good indicator of reach, but we'll literally sponsor your thing for free. So get in touch with us today, right now. Steamy Potential Podcast. Find us on Instagram. And you too can have an ad filled with random crap. And welcome back to Steamy Potential. Nicely done. We are once again joined in the studio by myself and Nick. Great to be with you. Um, And also great to be with me as well. Our third... Show idea is, as is quickly becoming tradition, a kind of add-on, a sort of post-hoc edition because we've run out of time, where we fuse together two universes, mm-hmm. um, two sets of intellectual property Great. that we'll probably get sued about, and that's why we put it at the end, so we can easily chop it off. Um, <laughs> and this no episode, I want it. <laughs> no Not important enough. We're too big to fail, <laughs> and I don't really know what that means. Uh, yeah. We got. Um, I don't know. Is it worth giving some context? We've we've had some some bangers. We've had uh, what was the last one? We had um, Godzilla Collins, and Godzilla, Sherlock. Yep. That was a banger. Um, Bilbo Baggins and um, Superman was it? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, we had uh, Young Sheldon and Young Rocky um, together again. It's not meant to make a lot of sense, people. 
we're just trying to have some fun here. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Lighten up. You have some fun, we'll have some fun. Lighten up. So this week I want to introduce um Stockman and John is the name of the show. <laughs> now this is yeah. not a fleshed out idea. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna say, you know, these two these two like IPs that we combine, they yeah. gotta be like known. <laughs> they gotta be well known. So jo- there's this guy I know. John. <laughs> My neighbor actually is called John. I mean he would make a phenomenal character in a TV show. Maybe we can discuss that later one day with his permission. But uh for now the concept here is in the great tradition of um like Kangaroo Jack and City Slickers, where you take a big city guy and you dump him in the middle of, in this case, Australia. So the concept is Elton John has seen a murder. <laughs> he's the John in Stockman and John. Great. Okay, good. <laughs> he's, he's seen a murder and he has to go to witness protection uh, and they dump him in the middle of Australia in a, in a cattle station. And he, he needs to learn how to um, round up and drive cattle across the whatever the fuck, the top end, I guess. Um, and he's, he's basically put into the position of an apprentice to a, a stockman. Like an old, hardened Aussie guy who, you know, likes his Slim Dusty, but not much else. Now you go. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a concept. That's the concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, question one. So, obviously, like, it's a, yeah. it's a TV show, so we get actors, right, to play. I guess so. Unless Elton John's not doing anything. Okay, well, in that case. I would love, like, for him to bring, like, a portable piano. And, like, the end of each episode, he kind of, like, writes a short a sort of a tiny dancer about that episode. Yeah, I mean, either way, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it should be a 74-year-old Elton John. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The man yeah, is... Whether it's the Elton John or not. Either way... It's definitely an impersonator. He's 74, his hair mm-hmm. is dyed, Yeah, and... He looks incredible. He's looking great. Mm-hmm. But he will snap. Yeah. He's rounding cattle. Mm-hmm. He's on a horse. <laughs> He's tied to a horse. <laughs> tied to the side of a horse like a saddlebag for most of the show, yeah. And he is riding. He's riding around. <laughs> and he's singing all the time. Just constantly making About what he sees. <laughs> he will not <laughs> shut up. And this stockman hates him. Can we please, if I mm, could, I mean, please. you're almost there. Let's just get mm. John and Dundee. Ah, get them back together again. Let's get Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, old, old, ho- old hog, hoagie. Yeah, let's get, let's get right wing Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. Tax, classically tox, tax dodging Paul Hogan, <laughs> uh, who I think maybe has had his Australian citizenship revoked. Uh-huh. I don't think he... Where does he live these days? I don't think he's allowed back into Australia. So that's going to be a problem. Um, quickly do a little bit of Googling. <laughs> but like, he's got to be the character no, he does of live in Crocodile Dundee, right? He's, he's what? He is the character of Crocodile Dundee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Oh, can, can I just say this as well? And this is a thing that not many people yeah, know. Yeah, say it. Um, there was a new Crocodile Dundee movie that came out. Really? It, like recently? It was called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. <laughs> It sounds like the a Chinese restaurant based on the life and times of Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. The very excellent Mr. Dundee uh, uh, yeah. with Paul Hogan reprising his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had wow. uh, John Cleese. John Cleese and wow. Chevy Chase, Olivia Newton-John. Really? Came back. This is uh, a lot of the elderly people. The... Um, the tagline was it was he's back whether he likes it or not. And now I'm not <laughs> sure if they're referring to the whether actor. it's Crocodile Dundee or Paul yeah, Hogan. Or, or possibly the audience. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or us. Uh, but either way. <laughs> um, uh, Olivia and John's in that. She, <laughs> she wasn't in the like she wasn't in the first. I don't think any of these people people were in previous Crocodile Dundee's. Yeah, I, I, this is quite a cast to assemble. Yeah, it sure is. Um, the very excellent. Is, this was last year. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, bizarre. I've never heard of this. And this was Christmas last year, so it was nine months ago. Shit. 
Um, obviously, yeah. we're in, you know, it must have just got swallowed up when everything COVID, was closed. And that's why I didn't go to <laughs> cinema. It's like the magnum opus of some guy who like grew up with Crocodile Dundee has spent the last 40 years writing the next one. And he's like, yes, 2020 is my year. <laughs> it's literally been 20 years since. Has it really? A Crocodile Dundee. I actually really thought it would be longer. Oh, since a Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, yeah since the 2001 Crocodile Dundee in LA. Um, wow, I do not have a good timeline of that. No, Crocodile Dundee 2 was 88. Yes. I don't, don't know what the 2000... And yeah. Crocodile 3 was 2001, ah, which was Crocodile three. Dundee in LA. Oh, in LA. Yeah, right. But he, he, just to be super clear, he does go to LA in early. Yeah. Episode, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there's not oh, like a lot of plot to does it. He, doesn't he go to okay. LA no, I don't think I've seen in all of them? <laughs> I think he does. I think that's like that's kind the of premise, the right? The funny He's thing. Like, yeah, fish out of water or Fish something. out of water. Yeah, good. Um, anyway, uh, let's get Crocodile Dundee as the stockman. Let's get Paul Hogan. Let's get an 84-year-old Paul Hogan. Yeah. Playing. And a 70. Playing a stockman. Eight-year-old. <laughs> Elton John. Playing. Elton John. Elton John. Yeah. And yeah, let's get them. And I guess they've got to, like, they've got to get along to do something, right? I get, yeah. I mean, maybe you kind of draw on, like, this is a solved problem, right? Kangaroo Jack perfected the formula of movies about Australia. Uh, once you've written something like Kangaroo Jack, you don't need to go back to the world. You have a formula. And the formula, I think, is, you know, big toughs come from America and they've got heaps of weaponry and, um, you know, devices that they can locate anyone in the world. And then Paul Hogan has to use his outback skills and Elton John has to use his performing skills and then they have to team up and keep him hidden or keep him alive. Keep who alive? (laughs) Kangaroo keep Jack. Both, keep each other. Keep, <laughs> yes, the kangaroo, <laughs> kangaroo Jack. Keep the kangaroo alive. No, keep each has to keep the other alive. Right. Okay. Because each is each other's last hope. Right. And maybe that's a kind of tagline. Right? Maybe the yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Elton John will never survive in the desert or in the outback without crocodile. Well, Paul Hogan and Paul Hogan can't survive without the catchy and witty observational sort of show music that his new lover provides on the dusty trail. And the tagline is, they're together whether they like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Featuring the oldest horse you've ever seen (laughs) carry Elton John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great fusion. I love to see these two worlds collide. Yeah. 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 I think they're super (laughs) likable. And neither of them wants to pay a fucking cent of tax. Well, that's why they're out there. Yeah, that's maybe that is why he goes out there. He's like, who else in the world knows how to evade tax? Looks like I'm going to Australia. <laughs> but he would say it in a British accent. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Cool. Well, um, that's all we have time for, unfortunately. Otherwise, I mm. could talk for another hour about... John and Stockman. Mm-hmm. Dundee Stockman. We'll work on the name. Yeah. Dundee Stockman. No, Dundee John. Dundee John. Dundee John. Dundee John. It's got, uh, it's got a good <laughs> mouthfeel to it. <laughs> Tastes good. Mm. Uh, right. But sadly, well, we can't. We'll be back. We have a limit. We? We have a limit. We have a time limit. We do. We've hit it. We have. We're going, we're going over. That's fine. We'll trim chimneys. To make this a nice, nice, sweet hour for you all. Uh, thank you for joining us again for another episode of Steamy Potential. Love it. Endless Steamy Potential. Loving it. Uh, please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend, give us a share, check out our gear on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, what is that? At Steamy Potential Podcast. At Steamy Potential Uh, And uh, yeah, once again, thank you. Peace and love. Bye.